Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror, the podcast that takes an episode of Black Mirror and Cast Reflections. Do you know what? I stumbled through that one because of you, but you didn't say anything, but I just heard you I, judging I, that not, intro I, I, when I stopped <laughs> you, <laughs> silently. I wasn't even looking at you. I wasn't I know, but that's the thing. Just... I'm just blaming you because I stumbled on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that again, but I'll leave that in. I feel it's a little bit preemptive. <laughs> um, your hosts for this are me, as always, Dan Pete and Dan S. Hi, Dan. Good evening. Do you know what I want to start this episode with? You know, last week I said maybe we should talk about anything tech-related during the week, if there is anything that's cropped up now. For me, it's not Black Mirror-esque anyway, but at work I've said to you I've started a competition, like a walking competition, a steps competition, and as part of that, I'm not ultra competitive, competitive, but I like to compete if I'm in something. I like to to try to win. And so I bought myself a smartwatch. Now, it's not a branded one. It's just a cheap one because the amount of times I don't have my phone on me, which is the only step counter I've got. So I bought a, a smartwatch to, um, to count every step. And I found myself being ruled by this watch because it tells you your, your oxygen level, blood oxygen. It tells you your heart rate. It tells me off if I've been sitting down too long and I'm finding myself just being absorbed by everything, all the information in that little yeah. screen. I, I've got a smartwatch and it does similar sort of things to that. Not anything I've set up, it just naturally does it, doesn't it? But there are a few times where it goes a bit wrong where I feel like I've been walking like half a mile and then it'll go, oh, you want to walk? Do you want me to record it? And it feels <laughs> like it's a little bit slow to react sometimes. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's pretty good. I just found it funny how, again, I just a bit of tech where, you know, it's kind of reminded me like in that Archangel episode where she was looking at everything about a daughter and it, that reports on the vitals because I was saying to my wife, oh, we should, let's put it on you so we can see what your oxygen level is and stuff like that. And I was thinking all this information I didn't know beforehand and I didn't need to know, but now I'm obsessed with checking it. Yeah, It will last about a week until I get, you know, until you only still using it for the step counter but i just found myself like every other bit of tech in in our life has been with it so like i've had a smartphone for years and laptop etc etc but this is a new bit of tech and you forget that the way you just jump into it wholeheartedly yeah yeah i agree if it's the first time you've had a smartwatch yeah i mean i've seen people everyone i work with has had them but it's the first time i've had one yeah yeah, you do go through that little bit of discovery, don't you, when you get your own one and you, you kind of see what comes through on it. It's, it's, it's quite clever. And how many steps have you done yet? Or is it is it not started yet? Yeah, it keeps telling me, when am I going to start walking? When am I going to yeah. start getting some exercise? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm doing about 10,000 a day, which is, that's my aim for now. But any tech-related annoyances or trauma for um, you this week? No, I had a bit of a breakthrough with with the uh, funny enough with the smartwatch um, this week because, um, like we, as you know, we all work we work in IT, yeah. um, and at work I've managed to achieve getting alerts from an IT system to my watch um, and being able to respond to it by pushing a button on my watch, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and like I know you could always do it to the phone, but to see it on my watch and I could just click an acknowledge button to, to tell tell a system but I know it's there uh, was was pretty cool see from a work perspective that is actually really cool and I like that but you've just made the smart watch work now well that is a problem <laughs> and, do you know, yeah. do you, 
And do you know what I've had to do is I've had to go and turn it off before this podcast as well, so I don't get any more alerts. So I quickly went over, wow, that's really cool to report. This is a bit annoying now. So I've had to turn it off because it's in a testing phase. You can get away with saying I left my phone at home or I left my phone here, but you, you seriously left your phone and your watch somewhere. Yeah, exactly. you can't... Just, there's just no getting away from it. In terms of Black Mirror itself, we are here to review Series 4, Episode 5, Metalhead. Of course, spoilers for that. Written by Charlie Brooker, directed by David Slade. Now, this is the second shortest episode behind one that's in Season 6, which I haven't seen, Maisie Day. So this is 41 minutes long and... Not going to give anything away. Some people that might be a blessing. For some people that may not be, they may may want it more. But yeah, 41 minutes. Considering we've had a few episodes where they've been over the hours, almost like we said feature length, this felt, it felt like a jolt, didn't it, to be that short when I saw the runtime? I don't know. It felt longer to me, if if I'm I'm honest. Um, See if you can crack the code with that comment there. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't know it was that short. It's a surprise to me, but it's that short. (laughs) But carry on. Okay. Well, tell you what, let's let's get into it before you give anything else away, and and then we'll discuss it. The episode stars. Well, it only has really three people in it, but only one for the majority of that. So you've got Maxine Peake as Bella. Jake Davies as Clark and Clint Dyer as Anthony. As I mentioned, Charlie Brooker wrote it, David Slade directed it, and music editor was called Al Green. And the soundtrack features compositions from bits of music from the film The Shining. So just thought that was a cool thing to uh, to call out there. The episode itself, the first thing is it's all filmed in black and white, which again, I think that's the first episode at least or the only episode up till now isn't it where it's done anything like that all the way through yeah I think we've had elements of black and white in the past haven't we but it changes throughout but yes this is the first one I feel like it's black and white all the way through you've got Bella Clark and Anthony in a car no one else around there as they're driving they're talking kind of like about they're driving past a field and they're saying all the pigs are gone all the pigs are dead and you see you actually see I think pig on its side as they're driving and and they're just talking about what it used to be like they pull up to a warehouse with a van outside and i can't remember but they're saying something along the lines of so it's there is it definitely there and you know almost like is it worth it or do we know what we're doing and bella says i know because they say he's dying anyway they're dying anyway is it is it worth it and she says well if it makes their final days more comfortable then it's worth it. So they're obviously trying to, to take something from the warehouse. So they say it's going to be five minutes to retrieve the item. Clark goes into the van. There's a van. I think he's trying to hotwire. And Bella and Anthony go into the warehouse. She's got writing on her hand that has a specific code. And we then later find out that that's the location in this warehouse of what they're looking for. As they're searching, Anthony goes up a ladder doesn't he picks a box up off the shelf and as he does there's like a there's a robotic like dog well they call him dog don't they but there's a robot a robot that looks like it's hibernating and as he picks it up he looks terrified drops a box and there's like a ball bearing shoots up out the back of this robot doesn't it then explodes and puts what we initially we just think is shrapnel into his face and 
her leg, Bella's leg. He falls down and then quite a brutal scene, isn't it? The robot jumps up on all four legs and basically, does it stab him in the back of the leg or shoots him, shoots him twice? I know it shoots, pretty much shoots his, him in the head, doesn't he? Yeah. Kills him out, right? She then runs out, Bella runs out, tells Clark to hurry up and get out of there. He's hot wiring the van, doesn't he? But the dog jumps in through the back of the van. So it's proper Terminator, isn't it, at this point? Yeah. Jumps in the back, kills him, and then it hot wires into it. So we're in a world where like the the van must be connected to a like an electrical system, right? And it taps into it and steals it, doesn't it? Anything from you thus far on this? Uh, no, no, I think you've described it quite well um, so far, so I'll let you carry on. So the dog kills Clark, takes control of the van, chases her. She crashes, doesn't she? And the robot gets out and we can see it's searching by... I initially thought it was searching by sound waves, but I think we, we then realised that the shrapnel it's put into her is is got a tracker. So it's it's chasing her, it's chasing her, and it gets into her car, but she's then able to trap it. I think she kicks it or something, and it gets caught. His leg gets caught. The car falls off over the edge of the cliff, and you think, great, she's destroyed it. But again, at this point, we don't know why they're running from it, what they are. Are they bad people? Could the, could these robots be good? We We still don't know anything. And we don't really know what they were looking for in the warehouse, do we? Not yet, uh, yeah, yeah, not yet. We'll come on to that in our discussion. But we've got no sort of concept of as to why they are so terrified of this thing. And in quite a weird bit, the well, not weird bit, but quite cool. The robot pulls part of its leg off, doesn't it? The trap bit, it just detaches it and then just carries on, doesn't it? So we then see Bella trying to cut the the tracker out of her leg. And we that's at this point we see it flashing. So we that's then when you clock that it's like a homing beacon. She puts it in a plastic bottle and sends it down the river. At this point, she radios someone, so there must be a camp somewhere, and asks someone to pass a message to her loved ones in case she is killed. At that time, the robot, whilst it can't track her anymore because it, you know, she's put it into this bottle and it's going down the river, it tunes into the radio. The, the walkie-talkie waves and tracks her down through through that. And then I think we can see, like, or it can see blood on the floor. Tracks her down, a chase ensues, and she climbs up a tree to hide. Now, it sees her, but then it's it's a funny scene where the dog is trying to climb up the tree but can't, I'm assuming because it's got a, a leg missing. And so it it's a robot, so it waits, it waits her out. Now... I didn't necessarily get this at first, but it was the wife who said, oh, she, she clocked it to me. So it's nighttime, and I think these robots are solar-powered. So what she does is it's trying to conserve energy, I think, at night. So she throws sweets at it. When she does, it wakes up, realises it can't get to her, and then hunkers back down. And she does this four, five, six times. Anyway, at one point, she then realises that it's now out of energy. and she then um, she makes a run for it and we can see the eye of the dog or what looks like an eye of the dog slowly recharging over time. She gets to a building, uh, breaks in and meanwhile the dog at this point wakes up and begins hunting her down again and she enters the house, searches for a weapon, she finds two shotgun shells 
So she's obviously then looking for the gun uh, to protect herself. And she goes upstairs, sees two dead bodies in the bed, and one of them has a shotgun. So again, you've got to assume that they took their own lives there, right? So again, what horror must they have seen to to have done that? Because you see the TV still on, so it is, it's, it's a horrible scene. And so she takes the gun out of the hands. The dog tracks her down to the house, gets in, takes a knife, and it finds her, she throws paint over it to try to blind it, throws a can at the wall, and it starts attacking the wall with the knife, starts stabbing the wall. She runs out, she finds a car, she gets into the car, but she, she's trying to start it, but it won't start. And a radio starts playing, um, I, I believe it's Golden Brown starts playing that. And then, I'm not sure if this should have been funny, but I quite found it funny when the, the, the robot dog was stabbing the speakers. You see that? I don't know. It just looked funny to me, and I, I don't know why because it was it was well it's well animated. As it's distracted by the speaker, she comes up behind it and shoots it with the shotgun, but it stabs her just before she gets the second shot off. As it dies, it releases one of those shrapnel balls, which explodes, putting a tracker in her neck and her face. And now this is, it's actually I th- you're supposed to uh, I believe take it that's in her jugular. So she knows basically the fate that's now facing her and she speaks into the walkie-talkie, unsure if she can be heard, but she's ultimately saying goodbye to her her loved ones. And as you see the camera pan away, or or she starts trying to take the, the tracker out of her neck as the camera pans away so you can't see it, but the camera then continues to pan away and almost like panning over all the landscape where she's been, you can see other dogs heading towards the remains of the of Clark and Anthony from earlier. And it's at the ending, it's a it's another classic Black Mirror twist ending where it focuses on the box of what they were trying to steal in the first place. And what do we see there? Teddy bears. Teddy bears, yes. So and that is ultimately, yeah, I think that's the fastest recap or the quickest recap we've done on, a, on a, of an episode. But ultimately, it is a short episode and there isn't that much story to group of people are out on a heist, it looks like, get attacked by a robot dog, kills two of them. Third one is on a cat and mouse chase, ultimately then gets killed because she was going to be hunted down anyway or killed by her removing the trackers. And yeah, we find that it was, it was teddy bear. So obviously it was a the person they were talking about dying at the start was a kid and they were trying to make the the life better. So I'm going to go straight over to you and I want your views on this. Well, let me tell you a little story about when I watched this episode. (laughs) I told you a bit by text, but just to give some context. So I, I was meant to host this week, but as I was (laughs) sitting watching this program, making notes, I was so tired that I just fell asleep. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't overly enjoying the episode. I didn't. I don't think I enjoyed this episode first time around either. Um, so I got halfway through, and then today I tried to watch the second half in the background while I was working. So I didn't get too much too much in. I found this episode difficult to watch. I don't feel like a lot happened. Not difficult as in it's horrible, but difficult that you just didn't like it. Yeah, I, I think I was bored. Um, but do you know what I liked about this one? And do you know, like a few times we've said it's a really good episode but we didn't like the ending i thought the reveal was the best bit of this episode where it kind of made you think thinking 
oh, they're doing this for a sick child. And I feel like that that part was probably the best bit because <laughs> whereas other episodes have gone downhill on the best bit, this kind of turned it up a little bit because of the ending. See, I watched it and I didn't like it. I thought the same. I thought nothing happened. It isn't the best episode. It's not that exciting. But I watched it a couple of days ago and I've been thinking about it and I actually have started to like it more I think about it. Yeah, I, I still think there's big flaws. It's not going to be up there with my top episodes, but yeah, like like you said, that ending at first you think, oh, that's a bit on the nose. But yeah, if you then think about it, they're in a world where civilization looks like it's been destroyed and they're risking their lives for a kid. Yeah. And yeah. that's ultimately what's at the heart of it. So there's that human emotion, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. So yeah, but that that bit I kind of like. Do you think it was? I know you said you liked it. You when you reflect on it, you kind of liked it after a few days. I'm wondering if maybe if we have a few days and I suddenly feel like that, maybe we should do this episode again. Because no, I want your raw your raw opinion. <laughs> the fact that well, you took took you two days to watch it. I thought so. Do you, you said um... do you, do you think that it being in black and white made it a difficult, more difficult watch? I don't think it helps if you if you're not enjoying it. Yeah, I don't think it helps because it does already make it. Yeah, well, but by by essence, it makes it monotonous to watch, doesn't it? Because there isn't anything to grab your attention. They had considered it for other Black Mirror episodes, but never actually used it. The idea was suggested by the director to bring to mind old horror films and to match the oppressive nature of the episode. Now. The one thing I would say is I think to me it didn't achieve that. I don't think it achieved the fact that they were overly, it's an overly oppressive world they're living in because they're the only three people you see. You don't see people cowering. It's not like um, you see people hiding or, or camps of people trying to avoid the dogs. It's They're the only three people you see. And yeah. there's another camp. They're, they're, they've obviously got other survivors somewhere. So they're obviously able to to evade these dogs. So it's like, how oppressive can it be? And they've, it's not like they've been forced into this trouble either. They've voluntarily gone into this trouble. You know, this is a very optional danger. It's not a forced danger, is it? Really? But I don't know if I've thought better of the episode since because I've had a lot of ideas about it. So I was going to throw some things at you and see what you think. So I was wondering, like these. These dogs, they are, it's obviously, well, we call them dogs, but these robots, they are very quick, very nimble, obviously very dangerous. I was wondering whether they were actually created to be killers and trackers, or were they like toys for people? Like, were they fun things that people would buy as gadgets? Yeah, I I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's meant to represent technology going wrong, um, because I don't think, the human race would create something like that as like an offensive thing. I think it, I think like you said, it's probably a virtual pet type thing that's gone horribly wrong down the line somewhere. I looked at them and think, well, they have modeled it on like a dog and we do see pets as, you know, humans as above pets. So it's almost like, and they do call it, they do refer to them as dogs as well. So it's obviously an accepted term for them 
So it's like they couldn't have been made to be killers. So, yeah, what has happened to, to have them turn? And I like the fact that when you look at it, she's fighting it with very basic things. Like she climbs up a tree to avoid it. She's throwing sweets at it. Uh, she's throwing paint over it. So you've got a highly technical thing. And she's using like tin cans and things. I found that quite funny. And the fact that she's taken advantage of the solar power. Um, yes, yeah. Is, as well as a very kind of basic um, need, isn't it, for these, for these dogs? Do you think this episode is hurt by not filling out what's happened up to that point? As in why they're in that situation? Well, I, I think there's other episodes which are like that, but then they do more when they get to the episode. I just feel like I kind of got to the end of this episode and thought, what was the point? Like, what's it trying to show? What try, you know, this is not kind of a what if scenario apart from a post-apocalyptic, if that's, that's not the right word, is it? You know what I mean? Like kind of post-apocalypse um, type area. And then you get to the point of, well, so what? Like, this is one of like 2 million things that could happen in this, this world. It does. Like when we talk about some episodes, we think, "Oh, what if we were in that scenario?" But we we're not going to have that conversation because it's a ridiculous scenario to be in. It's um, yeah, like with the grain, like the entire history of you, with the dating app from last week, with with the recaller tech in oh, what was the crocodile? We can't say yeah. How would how would we do that? Because other than the only thing you see is a robot. Dog. Yeah. The only question we could ask ourselves is, would you risk your life for a teddy bear? Uh, that, yeah. That's the only. That's the only what if in in that scenario. So I don't know. I I feel like this episode is someone has woken up in the middle of a night from a nightmare. They've written that nightmare down on a script and released it. And that that's that's what it feels like. And do you know what Charlie Brooker initially wanted there to be Game Boys in? The box but oh, okay. someone said yeah but they wanted something they somebody then said no it should be something soft and and warmer yeah because another comment i've got here was that the executive producer annabelle jones felt the story presented a world devo- devoid of hope and filming a world drained of color felt right but again i don't i didn't get the world devoid of hope because they're driving along they haven't got care in the world if it wasn't for the fact that They'd gone into that warehouse and there was a, a a dog there. It feels like they could move about. Do you know what I mean? I didn't feel like they they weren't doing it under cover of night. They weren't doing it, you know, they weren't putting Which would on have made themselves. sense, right? Like if, if they yeah. know that those dogs exist and they don't work at night very well, then why are they doing it in the middle of the day? Like there's, yeah. there's no one around that warehouse. They could have done it any to any point, couldn't they? Yeah. That's why I just didn't get it. I thought she was great, she, you know, but the fact that it was pretty much her alone. I was, uh, sorry, and the other thing I did have on the episode, I found it funny that the robot injured its leg and that's where it injured her. I just found that funny. Oh, okay. I like the ending. I thought the ending was, because normally in these programs or these, as you said, like post-apocalyptic or zombie type scenes like The Walking Dead, it's always the humans you have to watch out for. But in this, like I said, they are doing it for a kid and they've all died for for a child that's dying. So it just shows that hope hasn't gone. Yeah, yeah, true. I just don't think it grabbed me 
in in the way no, it definitely do. doesn't i i don't think i will ever be watching this episode again and and i think all the other episodes that we've watched i could easily watch again even though yeah. we've watched them recently i could definitely put them on again and watch whereas this one yeah this one's gonna stay stay collecting digital dust on netflix i think <laughs> um Rooker originally wanted the episode to be entirely free from dialogue. And I looked at that and I was thinking, well, it's not like it's got a massive amount of dialogue in there anyway. It probably could have done. It's not too far from achievement. Like, now obviously the two, two guys died quite early on. And the only thing she really does is kind of call for help, isn't it? Which is not too far away from not getting any dialogue. If you didn't have dialogue, then it loses its point because, well, I guess if you see them up there after teddy bears, you've got to assume they're going for a kid. But the whole thing is, the payoff of the ending is that they're after something. So you think they're after medication. At first you think maybe it's medication of some sort, right? So I don't think, I wonder how the payoff would be. In terms of the idea itself, so the director said, that though biological events or apocalypses were considered, the episode does not suggest a backstory for the world in order to focus on the conflict between Bella and the dog, which, again, feels a bit forced um, because, again, all you know is that all we see is this dog chasing chasing her again. We don't understand why they're chasing people again or why how they've taken over. He came up with the idea, Brooker came up with the central idea watching the Boston Dynamics robots, which again, when you look at it, you can see that now, can't you? The original script featured a human operating the dog from his home, including a scene where the operator left the control unit to give his kids a bath. However, this felt superfluous, so the intention came back for the episode to tell a very simple story. So though viewers may assume the dogs are security for the warehouse where they were first seen, the intention was for the dogs to have been deployed during a war. So there we go. I've got the note and I hadn't even read it. So it looks like they were going to be used for, for war reasons, which you can see how small they are and how nimble. Yeah. But what do you I, think I, about I, the, I always like... Uh, sorry, I think about it to ask that question, but I always like that idea of someone controlling them. Like that was, I was going to ask you what your, you thought about that. Because that would almost leave me wondering a little bit at the end of the episode and like thinking yeah. about it, like, you know, what happens to that human to have to control these dogs in, in such a way? Oh, and could you imagine if it then cut to someone that was in Men Against Fire and they're, yeah. they're doing that? There you go. There we go. Miss, missing the trick <laughs> we, again. We're doing it again. Here we are. <laughs> Don't you think that would be a more Black Mirror type ending than the ending yeah. it was? Yeah, agreed. Oh, no, you keep the ending, the fact that they were going for the kids, but the fact then the guy that was killing them or the person that was killing them then is looking after their own kid would make that even more symbolic, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Should have done that, should have done that. We're here, we're here for future episodes if people want to get us in and read read some scripts. Took 12 days to shoot and it was in England, in Devon and London. But even that surprises me, right? For what, something twelve days. So... No, but not the twelve days bit uh, in Devon and Devon and London. Like you think those yeah. places are three to four hours apart from each other. Could they yeah. really not find something that covered that whole landscape in the same place? You you'll probably find that the the landscape was Devon and the, the house she was in at the end was probably London. 
<laughs> really fine it was that and this is where the, it's a bit about the what was in the box so the final scene shows a case full of teddy bears Brooker considered a gadget such as a Game Boy instead of a teddy bear, but the director said you want something you can touch that you would hold on to that would give you comfort. I've got a few Easter eggs, but I, I'm just wondering, I know, again, we said it was a short episode. Is there anything else about it? I know you obviously you didn't like it. Is there anything oh, did, else about did you the get, episode? Did you get that idea? Um, so, yeah, I thought it was quite amusing how this solar-powered dog um, worked completely fine in that dark warehouse which I thought was quite <laughs> quite funny. And you wonder how long it had been sitting in that warehouse and all of a sudden it sprung to life. Maybe yeah, a, a yeah. bit of con- continuity. But yeah, that's the only thing I really noticed. Like I said, I, I don't like it. It's not, or I didn't like it as much. It's not a classic episode. I've enjoyed it more looking back at it, but I think that's because I'm filling out the story myself. So let's do some Easter eggs. On a truck, there's a postcard that has the letters TCKR. That apparently refers to San Junipero. Now, there's a list. Did I send you the picture? Did I send you the photo I took of the screen? No. You know when the guy, is it Clark, is trying to hack into the van at the start? A load of screens come up, right? And I did see, so I saw the idea. I saw one. It says, oh, Callister appears on a computer screen. And that's the only one I found. So... I then looked up, I then looked it up and paused it, and you get loads of you get loads of Easter eggs in that the screens that pop up. Okay, but it, it's really fast, so I had to pause it, and it took me about twenty goes because with the Netflix thing, I couldn't quite get it exactly. But in the computer code, there's BRB, which is obviously be right back. There's code. There's it references White Bear, yeah. it references Waldo, White Christmas. There's 15 million, and then it's got dot Bing dot Abby, and I think those are the two people. Now there's one I'm absolutely certain it, it's an Easter egg. Otherwise, it's um, my mind. The first episode is back again, the national is anthem. It? Well, because it says it's got code, and then it says dot pig poke, and I'm assuming that's a, a crude reference to the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what's funny though? Is the last one of the last lines in it? If you pause it, it says. Why did you bother pausing this, you freak? That's what it says. So they obviously <laughs> knew people were going to stop it. And and that's what they put on there. Oh, well, so one of the last lines on the screenshot said that. Yeah. Why did you bother pausing it? Yeah. Yeah, it says, why did you bother pausing this, you oh, freak? Oh, that's, that's pretty funny. I like that. Which I'll t- take offence to. <laughs> and the other one, which I thought was a stretch, but then I did find an article where, they, where this website interviewed Brooker and he confirmed it was. So... The box of teddy bears at the end, they're normally like brown, golden colour, aren't they? Because it's in black and white, they look white, and that is a reference to white bear. Oh, okay. That's quite a cool one. Yeah, that is a good one. I thought that was a stretch, but he's he's admitted that, or maybe he's seen that theory on the internet and has claimed it. So So a lot of references there. Waldo keeps on popping up. Waldo's the most popular character, I think, it feels like. I wonder what who gets mentioned the most, what episode gets referred back to the most. It's got to be between Waldo and Michael Callow, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it has to. Although the song from 15 Million Credits features a lot as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that tally should be available somewhere on, on Reddit or the internet. There probably shows, is. Shows yeah. us that. Right. So, the important bit, what's the score? Um, I'm going to give it 
a very generous one. Really? That low? Yeah, that low. I'm about to put it in into the column, so is it definitely a one? It's definitely it's definitely a one, yeah. It's just and maybe it's because I it was tired when I, I was tired when I watched it and I you know, I did fall asleep, but even looking back on it it's funny because I remember when I watched Black Mirror the first time around a few years ago, I always remember this episode as one I didn't enjoy. Um or one I, I was gonna follow it, I thought I'd stop watching Black Mirror, but obviously I've I've then carried on. And I've always been dreading this one coming up when we decided to do the rewatch um, because right. I, I I knew I didn't enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a one. If you're angry at that, please direct tweets to Danis, not me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you won't be surprised to know that that is the lowest score any of us have given or either yeah. of us have given any episode. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it, again, I've been flipping between a five and a six. That high? Yeah. I, I don't think you can give it a one. I don't think it's that bad. I think I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I think I'm giving it a five. I'm, it's... I'm, su- I'm surprised about positivity. I think you're worried about offending someone in case they... No, I like, the, I, like the, I like the dog. I like the robot dog. I think that was cool. I loved how nimble it was. I love how it kind of did portray a character almost, you know, in how it just pulls a leg off and used the, used the, the knife. Um, and, and was relentless I just yeah it just to me just didn't really have a story around it and I know that might be the point but no no I think I think five not a four although, although no hold on yeah oh no it's too late I can't change my score that was actually a point higher than the Waldo moment and I still think the Waldo moment no do you know what no I'm standing by that the Waldo moment what you think it's worse. better than the Waldo moment I think so yeah yeah yeah, what, yeah. Did yeah, give, what did I give? What did I give? What did I give the Waldo moment? You gave that a four. Yeah, you I gave think... everything more than this. <laughs> I think <laughs> I I feel like I'm the only one scoring properly. But no, I think it's, it's been a it's bit harsh fine. on that. I think it's been a bit harsh. <laughs> okay. Anything else about the episode before we wrap up? No, nothing for me. Okay, so I want to just shout out a couple of people or podcasts i want to shout out firstly seismic cinema and we are going to have one of them appear on the next episode because they they request this so that's going to be black museum um i don't remember that either i know i say that i say that all the time do you remember that one vaguely and yeah i, I don't remember overly enjoying this one either so we'll, we'll see what happens so we're in for a fun week next week because <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that's their one of their best episodes which is why they're coming on so um, oh, i'm gonna have to rewatch it then properly come back come make sure you stay tuned for that one um yeah so so hi to, to seismic cinema and also uh two girls one reusable cup because they've um, been watching our episodes and getting a lot of comments on them on youtube which yeah don't forget our episodes are on youtube so yeah hi to you two and yeah as said next week's episode black museum if we've signed all the contract a member from seismic cinema will be on here and last time we did have that they almost disowned that person because they left them to record their own episode do you remember that yeah (laughs) so we'll see if we can cause another fallout we'll see you next week If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, cause you need.